0: Good morning. Man, that's an understatement, right? It's just a casual greeting, man. You say good morning to somebody. Um, and it's, it's inappropriate at the same time. You know, I thought about it this morning the, and uh, I woke up and there's no greater, I, I honestly believe this, there's no greater joy. There, there's no greater joy that man will ever know on this planet than to come to terms with the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There is no greater joy. There is nothing that can compare to that. Jesus said, I mean, he said this um, in in John 14, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I don't give as the world gives. I want you to remember that promise. He says, I'm going to leave you with peace, and I'm going to give you a peace that the world has not known. I'm going to give you something different. And this morning I was thinking about that and I was celebrating and immediately I saw the news and and saw that there were bombings in churches in, in Sri Lanka on Easter morning. And how with 200 people, last I read, lost their lives in bombings this morning. And how can churches across the world stand up and celebrate the resurrection in light of such pain and in light of such loss? And then I most immediately felt the Spirit's voice, especially on a morning like that. Especially on a day like today. When they're early church and they faced pain and they faced hurt. And I am going to, together with you, lift up families that are there in Sri Lanka and across this world that are suffering in ways that we don't suffer this morning. But at the same time, what an appropriate time and at least in my my thinking, in my theology, some of us disagree, that those people experienced the resurrection on Easter. They experienced the resurrection on the day, well, a day that the the Lord is celebrated as raised from the dead. Death has no hold on us. So before we get into this message, I want to lift up those families, and I want to lift up those. Let's come together in prayer. Uh, My father... um, Our hearts are full of celebration this morning and they're also full of hurt. Father, sin has such a dominion in this world and pain and evil has such dominion, but you are the Lord of this world. And I pray, God, your comfort over families of our brothers and our sisters in Sri Lanka. And Father, for those that have lost their lives, I pray, God, that you would remind your church once again of the power of an empty tomb that Christ was raised, and in Him we are, we celebrate our own resurrection. I ask your comfort, and I ask God that in this world, your church would reflect nothing, no violence, nothing, only an attitude of incredible joy, incredible peace that nothing can rob us of. It's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. The first two people um, ever to carry the gospel... The first two people ever to prepare for an Easter morning message were two women. They were the first to come to the tomb. And there was a violent earthquake, we're told. The ground shook. I don't know if you've ever been in a really good earthquake. I mean, a really powerful one. Um, they can be terrifying Um, I hate to say it this way because I know they caused a lot of damage, but they used to be really fun for us when we had earthquakes. It was crazy because you felt, it's sort of like being in, the thunder. You felt power. And, and you, at first you feel dizzy because you think it's you, and then you start realizing, man, the ground is shaking. This is incredible. They experience this and they come to this empty tomb and and it's amazing in the gospel accounts that whatever happened in the resurrection, Jesus stopped and folded his clothes. And they come and their clothes are neatly folded inside the tomb. And they come and there's this angel and he's glowing and his appearance is like lightning, the text says. And he says to them, he's not here. He is risen. And these two women have a message in their gut that nobody knows. No one knows but them. And the disciples don't know. The apostles don't know. So what's the first thing they do? The text says this, they ran. And I just want you to picture these two women running to go tell the disciples. Man, can you imagine having that in you? Having everything they've been through and you've got a message. I can't wait to tell them this. He's alive. And while they're running, Jesus meets them on the path. They immediately run into the Christ, and he says this: Kaerete. Good morning. <laughs> Greetings. It's a casual greeting, it was used every day. It was used across the Roman Empire that morning. Good morning. And that's all He says is good morning. And what an understatement. Has there ever been a better morning? And these women, full of joy, run and tell the disciples. And then Christ comes and He meets the disciples. And what's amazing about every single resurrection account that you find, and there's so many messages here, how personal this becomes with each of the disciples is an amazing thing. But through the book of John, Christ keeps saying the same thing. Whether He was speaking Hebrew, Shalom, or Greek, uh, peace. He says this, Jesus came and spoke to them, peace be with you. In John 20, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. Eight days later, he's talking to Thomas. Peace be with you. And each time he comes with, it is, it's a common greeting. But when has it ever been a better morning? When has there anyone ever experienced peace like this kind of peace? The gospel came out of an empty tomb. And they had the first celebration that morning. that was unreal. The church has gone through a lot since then. We're going to talk about that later in the message. The original gospel came out of an empty tomb and a peace that nobody could take from me. And a joy that nobody will take from me. And, and, and all of a sudden in my life, and at least in my experience, and I've watched it in the church, how much has happened to try to rob our joy. And how often we root our joy and root our peace in things that are from man and not from God. Not, even in the church and especially in the church. I've, I've witnessed that. And these people had this joy that was, that would, transform their lives. Peter is a different person in the book of Acts than he is in the Gospels. So are the rest of the apostles. They are different people, completely transformed because of one message. He's alive. Christ is risen. Think about a time in your life that you have experienced joy. I mean real joy. I mean the kind of joy where you are dancing and you're kicking stuff over and you are going nuts kind of joy. I hope you've experienced that. I love talking about times in my life where God's done that for me, like joy, crazy joy, because of something that's happened. Um, Whether it's the greatest movie of all time or not, I'm going to say it's probably not the greatest movie of all time. But is this the greatest scene in a movie in all time? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to share this with you. Shirt today, um, you know, being the last day and all. Well, thank you, thank you. We appreciate that. But uh, wear one tomorrow, though, okay? Because tomorrow is going to be your first day. If you'd like to work here as a broker, would you like that, Chris? Yes, sir. Good. We couldn't be happier. So welcome. Was it as easy as it looked? No, sir. No, no, sir, it wasn't. Well. Good luck, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, sir. Oh, Chris. I almost forgot. of my life, this little part is called happiness. That image, uh, Will Smith's portrayal of Chris Gardner, it's a true story. This this story of a man who struggled, worked hard, and after a lot of hard work, he finally found man just just everything he was working for paying off. But I just want you to look at this picture, walking in a crowd, and I'm just going to interpret the movie the best I can. What I think the director is trying to do here that you see all of these people that have already experienced the same success that he's now in. He's only now part of the crowd. That's it. He's not doing any better than anyone else in this crowd. He's just part of it now. And he's walking and they, for them, it's another work day. Everyone that's walking down the street is just like, no, I'm just going to work. Got to get my coffee. And this man celebrating the same thing that they're experiencing on, I mean, he's on top of the world. He's got everything. And he's surrounded and he's got the same blessings they do. But now something has been transformed. In the church today, I just want to take you to Colossians 2. It says this, Having been buried with Him in baptism and raised with Him through faith and the power of God, we were raised with Him who raised Him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive in Christ. Yesterday in the park. Yesterday, we're in Colorado. We are in a college town in Colorado. Yesterday was 4.20. Ask somebody else what that means later. Yesterday was 4.20 at the park in a college town in Colorado. We are there amongst the homeless. And we have so many people that have come to this park and there's crowds of people. And all across the park, people are passing around stuff. And they're grabbing it and everyone's got a communion cup in their hand. And we watched. You weren't ready for that. Now, was there pot there? I'm sure there was. But... We've come a long way from a year ago. Okay, a year ago, let me tell you, today I, I, I came home and I had to get Taco Bell. Uh, <laughs> from the contact. But, but, um, but uh, yesterday, man, I tell you, they were celebrating the resurrection of Christ in the park. Celebrating the resurrection, taking communion together. This is what God is doing. A, a young lady was baptized yesterday afterwards. I mean, powerful things happening. And someone came up to me. In fact, this week, three people I've gotten to sit and visit with, with tears in their eyes talking about what God is doing. This I didn't know, I didn't realize the power of, of, of new life in Christ and experiencing that. And you're like me and I've shared this message with you a lot because it's an important message to me. I've been going to church all of my life. I have sung that last, one of those last songs that we sang, Christ, um, not Christ the Lord is risen today. Come um, on, what? What is it? Up from the grave he arose. First song I remember singing as a child was "Up from the Grave He Arose." It was my first favorite song. Up from the grave he arose. I got emotional when we were singing it because I remember singing it as a kid, and I didn't even care about church, but I liked the song. And and I'm, I'm thinking about that song, and I'm thinking about how much I've been through since then. And when I first came to the realization that this wasn't just a song, this wasn't just church, this was, when I first came to the realization that Jesus is alive, that this isn't just something churches sing about, but it is a reality. When I first came to that realization... I was uh, I was under an oak tree in Austin, Texas, and my life was transformed from that point on forward. I said, this is a reality. This is a reality, and I now have a joy that no one can take from me. Nothing will take this joy from me ever, and to this day, nothing has robbed me of that joy except for this. In the church, over and over again, my joy has been uprooted and planted in church instead of God and 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 I got into this place where I would get upset if things weren't going well in my life or in church or everything else can you imagine these women running from an empty tomb with this gospel what if the song service didn't go well that morning would they be upset What what if, I mean, what could have possibly happened that morning to rob them of that joy? They were like Chris Gardner in this crowd of people. I'm just going to try to be good. I'm going to try to be good. I cannot contain the kind of joy that's in my heart. And that is what defined Christians in that era. They had a joy that was inexplicable. Hosea 6.2, how about this? And I want to tie this in. I can't help but tie this in to all the discussion we've been having on prayer recently. After two days, He will revive us. On the third day, He will restore us that we may live in His presence. Now, that's a crazy verse because it's in the Old Testament, right? And I think it's one of the verses that Christ refers to when He says, according to the Scriptures, on the third day. But He says this, that we may live in His presence. I live and work and have my being. Whether I say amen or I don't say amen, I'm in the presence of God. I live in the presence of a risen Christ. And like these women that ran and said, I've got a message that's on my heart that is filling me with joy and nothing is going to rob me of that joy That's what it is to live in the presence of an all-powerful God. Jesus said this, and I I just want to share with you Luke 20, 35, and there's only one phrase I want to focus on in in these verses. He's asked about the resurrection and who we're married to and a lot of these questions about the resurrection. And in verse 35, he says this, those who are considered worthy of taking part in that age and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage, and they can no longer die. For they are like the angels. They are God's children, since they are children of the resurrection. Now, how about that word? Before the word Christian ever came about, Christian was a word that outsiders started calling the followers of Christ. They were called Christians. But before that word ever came about this was the word that, this was a phrase that was used to describe followers of Christ how about this children of the resurrection that their lives and our ministries and every everything sprung forth from the resurrection of Jesus Christ that that was everything to me um, oops i hit the wrong button i'm sorry this uh this tomb uh, this empty tomb is in Lubbock, Texas, in the cemetery there. I don't know if you've ever, if you're ever in Lubbock, I would really encourage you. They have this beautiful, sprawling cemetery. And in the middle of it, up high on this hill, is this empty tomb. This is just across from Lubbock Christian University. And there's an angel standing on top of it. And when I was living in Lubbock, um, I would go here in the mornings with a friend. We would go almost every day before sunrise. And we would pray to God from this place, this empty tomb, looking out over the, c- the, the cemetery. And the sun would rise and you would see the light hit the tombs. And I was um, I-, I was so touched when Terry posted this morning that he got up this morning praying and going to different cemeteries and thinking about the resurrection. And I was thinking, man, this is, this is exactly what I wanted to talk to you guys about this morning. This place is very sacred to me. And it was in a time in my life where I was like, God if you have been raised from the dead, if the resurrection is a reality, God, I, then nothing's going to take this joy from me. I'm going to hold on to you with everything I've got for the rest of my life. Man, this is what I'm going to give to you. And what I've noticed is in my my walk and in the church's walk, um, there are two potters that have been at work from the very beginning. Um, and isn't it interesting that when God created man, he called him Clay. Your name will be Clay, Adam. And I am the potter, and, and, and what else does it say? And he formed man in his image. He created him. Forget what that means for right now. We'll come back. To, but he would create man in his image. And then a second potter comes into the picture. And tries to create man in the image of the world. And how many times in the history of the church, and I really want you to consider this, or in the history of your own life, have you recognized two potters at work? One trying to form you into his image, which you were created and designed to live in. And a different potter that has different molds. And the church that was known to be children of the resurrection that walked forth in joy and they turned the world upside down in the book of Acts because nothing could stop them. Those two women that were running from that tomb, nothing was going to contain that kind of joy. And then the church was conformed to the image of the Roman Empire. And we looked exactly like the Roman Empire, a pattern of it. And then... The church was conformed into Western capitalism and we looked a whole lot like Western capitalism. And then the church was conformed into comedy clubs and nightclubs and everything else, trying to become successful businesses and everything else because the church has always been at war between two potters. One trying to conform us into the image of this world and the other trying to conform us to the image of Christ. One will fail. If your faith is based on the image of this world, anything can rob it from you. But if your faith comes out of an empty tomb, that's what it is to live the Christian life. And you cannot contain that kind of joy, you cannot stop that kind of a spirit. It is something that we cannot control, that God is in control. And let me tell you to this day, regardless of how churches perform, don't perform, whatever else is going on, God's kingdom is powerful. And it is spreading in this world. It is conquering. It is taking lives. And nothing can stop the spirit of God. And that is what's so crazy is I just took you to a bigger picture of what God's doing in the church and that's a deep subject, but I just want to talk about you personally because the same thing has been happening in Jeff's life from the very beginning. Two potters are at work. One conforms Jeff to the image of the church and the other conforms Jeff to the image of Christ. And there's this battle going on between those two. One is a pathetic underqualified person, and the other is also a pathetic, underqualified person that is forgiven by Jesus. But here's the, here's the message in all of that. No matter what the church has done to let you down, no matter what life has done to let you down, when we come to the reality of our failures, of death, of disease, I get all of that but the reality of the resurrection and what Christ has promised in faith to you, that is an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, nor fade. When Christians are baptized into that instead of into the church or something a little bit more empty, when you're baptized into that, nothing can steal your joy. Um... I've seen it, and this is just kind of where I want to kind of bring this to something that makes sense to you. I've seen it so often in the church that um, you could bring a group of us, uh, especially when I I was working with teens. You could bring a group of us to a church on a Sunday morning like this, and we were dead, tired, tired. Not alive at all. It's like, I can't, I don't get this. The service is boring. The preacher just, shut up. Stop talking. I can't take this. And then you take the same people to a church over in Mexico or in Africa or someplace else. And the singing is worse and the services are less organized and the church has less direction. And they're like, wow, the spirit's on fire. He's at work. Look at these people. And I was always stuck thinking, what on earth is happening to us? Because it does not matter whether you are in a megachurch or a tiny church or if you're in jail or if you're not in jail or wherever you are, the power of the resurrection gives you a joy that is uncircumstantial. It does not matter where you put me. It does not matter what songs you're singing. It does not matter what's going on. It does not matter. Jesus Christ is risen. And that kind of joy, that kind of joy is the reality that Christ came to bring And I pray, I want to lift you up in prayer this morning. I pray that that is the Jesus you come to experience, even if it's beginning this morning. I pray that that is what you would come to experience in Christ. We don't preach church. We preach Christ and him crucified. Let me go on. We preach Christ and him resurrected. And that is the joy that our life springs out of. I believe this with all my heart. Um... Death holds nothing on us. I believe that Jesus promised that children of God will not taste death. And I believe that in the resurrection, every nightmare you have ever dreamed is coming untrue. Every disaster that has ever struck your life, like the end of the book of Job, God says, you have no idea what I have prepared for you. Eye hasn't seen it, ear hasn't heard it, no one has comprehended it. I have something powerful for you, my Father. I just want to beg of you this morning that um, um, that the resurrection of Christ, what is celebrated on Easter, is is not a trivial thing. I pray, God, that it, it, it is something that we wake up every morning and that we live as children of the resurrection, that that kind of joy and that kind of peace and that kind of exuberance and that kind of reality is, is something that um, is seen in us every day. I pray, God, that in this war between two potters, that we as, as clay, as your church, would submit ourselves to you, that you would continue to conform your image in us and that you deliver us from the image of this world. Um, I lift up, Father, those of Your children across this world and across this city, and I just I I, I thank You, Father. I'm just full of thanksgiving that Your kingdom is not dependent on us, uh, but we are dependent on You. And I just pray, Father, that Your resurrection is something that is not two thousand years ago, but something that is a reality today, and that somehow by Your grace. Oh my God. God, that's what I want to ask. Somehow by your grace, the spirit and the joy that was in Mary Magdalene and Mary and, 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 and the urgency, I pray that you would somehow create that in the hearts that are in this room today. I pray that Father, with joy and enthusiasm and excitement, we would run with this message on our hearts that you're alive. And we're alive because of you. In the name of Christ, we celebrate you. Amen. Let's stand and worship God together.